Welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. I am your host, Jason Napolitano, and I have Mr. Chris Sheridan on the line. What's up, Chris? Everything's up. Um, A lot of uncertainty, um, but also what's in the air is some ancient wisdom that is as certain as anything else. So can rely on that. (laughs) It's as certain as anything else. Here's what I hope. I hope it's a little more certain than a lot of the stuff that's flying around because there's some crazy notions getting around right now. So we'll let's see if we can't uh, get a handle on that in this next uh, hour. (laughs) Let's say it's the ancient wisdom is more certain than any of the nonsense that you're going to hear on Facebook. Let's try to say that. (laughs) I like that. Yeah, that's how it is. So we are obviously in the in the midst of this uh, coronavirus thing, uh, as everyone knows. You can't escape hearing about it. Um, you know, we kind of debated about whether or not to talk about this stuff we have at different times and so on, but we've been mentioning things here and there uh, throughout some of the shows. But what we're trying to do today is talk a little bit about what uh, what kind of positive things we've seen. Uh, what kind of changes we hope will occur and things that people can learn and so forth from some of the challenges they've faced in these um, these last few weeks and some of the panic and fear that's gripped people and, you know, the time that they've had staying at home that's kind of forced them in on themselves and so on. So there's a lot of interesting things bubbling up, a lot of anxious stuff, a lot of hopeful things, a lot of fearful things, a lot of transformational things. You know, it's a very, very interesting time right now. Um, so we're going to talk about, about that. There's this idea particularly that you keep seeing and we keep seeing, uh, out there where people are talking about the new normal, quote unquote, this is the new normal. And there's all these memes and, and jokes and Facebook talk about what the new normal is. And it, most of it involves toilet paper and ridiculous masks and, you know, different types of variations on those two themes, uh, but, you know, there is some something in this idea of this new normal, I think, that people are grasping onto and thinking that, oh, this is where we're headed. I've even heard people saying it's, you know, oh, every year or two, we're going to be experiencing this sort of thing and we need to get used to this. This is the new normal. And I, I want to encourage people to to take a look at that and really make sure they're not getting caught up in that kind of thinking because it's very, very dangerous. So what we're gonna do today, like I said, is talk about the new normal, some of the things we're learning, some of the things we're seeing and so on uh, with this uh, with this situation we find ourselves in. Uh, we are, are, of course, the Cosmic Eye Show. Uh, Chris and I do this show every Sunday and we appreciate you guys showing up. Thank you again for supporting us. Um, support is needed now more than ever. Uh, so we hope that you can continue to support us at anchor.fm slash Cosmic Eye. Uh, if you possibly can uh, do, uh, you know, if you can offer a, a, a monthly donation through there, that'd be fantastic. And of course, we have our books available right now, which uh, are both uh, quite appropriate for these times we're living in. Chris's uh, book is called uh, The Spirit in the Sky, and it's a very transformational story. It's a story about how Chris uh, uh, crashed in a plane, his spiritual experience before that, and his, you know, recovery from that and so on. And, you know, this is one of those experiences where that kind of analogy, that metaphorical story is really um, positive and, and hopeful because, you know, it is a lot like a, like a, like a crash we find ourselves in and we may see some economic things and so on. So, you know, you can learn some lessons from, from that, from Chris's book. Um, I wrote a book called, if you can worry, you can meditate. Meditation is very needed right now. And we have a lot of time on our hands, so let's use it positively. So check that out if you can. 
All right, I'm done with my shameless plugs. So we will talk now about normal, the new normal, et cetera. Like I said, uh, you know, we've been hearing a lot about this this new normal. I'm sure you've you've seen that stuff, right? Floating around. Yes, you're, you're out it's there. A, it's a buzzword. It's a, it's a buzzword yeah. indeed. Um, uh, wait. Well, first of all, I mean, it, it's kind of shocking to even hear that because this isn't really normal, and no. how <laughs> you know, and 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 everything is so new. How do we know what the situations? Know it, exactly. The dust hasn't settled yet. I mean, we're just this is kind of on the beginning of it. So yeah, there's no. I wouldn't uh, say, you know say oh this is the way it is now. You know. The, yeah, yeah. The wheel's still spinning. Let's see what. Uh, I, number I completely on. agree. I completely agree. So and you know so. So saying that, 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 or I should say that being said, that the, the idea that, you know, we're going to find, we're finding ourselves in this, this space where, where, you know, everyone's going to be miserable and anxious and there's diseases flying around everywhere. And, you know, it's the scary apocalyptic sort of time, uh, you know, is, is quite, like I said before, it's quite dangerous and it doesn't, you know, it's not, it's not true. Let's just say that. I mean, there's always some sort of disease going on and there's always, you know, bacteria in the environment and there's always flus and, 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 you know, different things that can happen. So you have to remember, you know, this is part of, of being a human being, you know, we, we live in a, in a world that has these, these biological and bacterial uh, infections. And we live in a world that's kind of, you know, messy and, and it is, it is, is what it is. You know, and so to pretend like this is something that is, you know, the new normal is really kind of ridiculous anyway, because this is normal. I mean, this is these types of things are going to happen. But, you know, our reactions to them and the, you know, the toilet paper hoarding and the fact that people are losing their jobs and the economy shutting down and the fact that people are staying home, that is obviously a new thing. This has not happened before. This is unprecedented in the United States. Um, you know, and it's probably good that we're preparing for this kind of thing, because if in the future there are these sorts of events, people are more prepared and, you know, we'll have the supplies at home that we need if we have to bunker down for a little while and we're not so frightened of that and so on. And I don't and I think that's a, a good a good lesson to learn. It's good to be prepared. Um, it's good to wash your hands, too. And it's quite good to wash your hands. You if know, that's the new, if that's part of the new normal, the new and it normal, wasn't, about and that wasn't normal before, yeah, yeah. bring on this new normal. Exactly. If that's, now we don't have to be fanatical about it, and you know everything, but but maybe maybe there's something to that. Yeah. I mean, there is something to that, but, but to uh, to a larger degree than what the old normal was. Maybe the new normal is is more, more consciousness sure. of what we touch and touching our mouths and well, the, and those uh, things are all important. I, I think part of the, part of the problem with all this though, and I think you'd agree with me on this. We didn't really talk about this before the show, but this just occurred to me, you know, we've gotten to this place where our bodies, our minds, you know, our souls are discombobulated. We're disconnected from our spiritual self in a lot of ways. We're disconnected from natural health and natural ways of doing things. And we're beholden to too many corporate and government interests at any given time. And we give our power over to doctors constantly. We give our power over to media pundits. We give our power over to corporate stooges and pirates and, you know, we find ourselves in this situation where we, 
we think that all of these people know better than we do. And then we just fall into line with whatever they tell us at any given time. Now, sometimes the things they have to tell us are valuable. If, you know, if, if there is some sort of a situation where, you know, a, a mass operation is needed, that's fantastic. And this might be one of those situations. Um, but, you know, we have to look at how we're living in our normal situation, which is what we're going to say between this new normal and this normal. My, my point about this is that I think, you know, and I think you'll see evidence of this if you go outside and go to a park or walk around a neighborhood and kind of see people on the streets. Our normal clearly wasn't very good before this, because if you'll notice, even though people are anxious and they're worried about the economy and they're worried about this virus, they also look pretty happy. If you see them at the park or you see them out in their yard with their kids or you see them grilling out because they have to stay home and they're suddenly cooking at home and so forth. If you can get past all of the fearful sort of inclinations that people have, you'll notice that a lot of people are actually enjoying themselves quite a bit. Um, you know, you'll see people posting things on social media about how they're baking bread. You'll see, you know, oh, I got finally got to work in my garden and I'm growing some vegetables because, you know, I'm, we're, we're concerned there's not going to be food or, you know, whatever the reason that's pushing people to do these things. I almost think that they're, you know, that, you know, and you talked about earlier, we did talk about this, um, the idea that there wasn't very much pushback to the idea of holing up in your home and just stopping working no one really seemed to complain about it or, or raise many concerns there were a few people online that obviously you could see you know oh this is all a hoax and this is that you know you see those things the bulk of the people just said hey cool no problem we'll stay home you know and it's like you you think well maybe this is one of these situations where people are you know the normal was so anxious and so kind of harried and everybody was kind of so stressed out and under the situation of you know heavy debt and worrying about all these different things that are going on and you know trying to work so hard to make ends meet and so on that they're just exhausted and I get a sense it's like it's almost like a like a convalescence time or something when someone's you know working so hard that the body forces you to be hospitalized just because you wouldn't slow down you know, you were probably pretty healthy, but then you just kept running yourself down, running yourself down, running yourself down. And I understand, look, this is a virus and all that. I get it. And, you know, it's not just it's I'm not trying to make these exact analogies. But what I'm saying is to kind of get back to where I started, you know, our normal lifestyle isn't all that healthy. And we all know this, you know, the world that we inhabit today is not all that healthy and it's in a massive amount of danger. And so if something like this comes along and points out the stresses and cracks on, and things, you know, that's a, that's, a, that's a good thing. That's a good thing because, you know, you've got to examine the way you're living um, in a way that's real and realistic. I think sometimes we, we pretend that, you know, that everything's fine, everything's fine, everything's fine. It's like living in a dysfunctional family. And then suddenly going over to your friends and realizing, oh, everybody doesn't smack each other around and everybody's not an alcoholic. And then you're like, wait a minute, my normal is not so normal. So do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think this is one of those times where people are kind of like, why am I rushing around so much? Why am I on the computer so much and like staring at this phone all the time? And, you know, and I, I, I'm trying to take 
pills to go to sleep and pills to get up and pills to not feel anxious and pills to, you know, make my heart rate right and pills to adjust my blood sugar because I just want to eat what I want to eat. And I don't want to worry about my, you know, type two diabetes. And, you know, it's like something's got to give at some point. And I think, you know, that's where it's like this virus, although it's a real thing, I almost think it's one of these sorts of focal points that's really bringing to bear like all the stuff that's going on. And I think that's why people are freaking out so much. I almost think it's more than this virus. It's partially that a lot of people are actually really scared of this viral infection. And and I understand it, especially if your immune system's compromised. I'm not saying it's like overblown. I'm just saying there's there's psychologically i think there's a much bigger picture going on would would you agree with that well it is and um you know socially and like i said your our societal structures and government uh, i think this crisis has really uh turned a very bright light on a lot of things like you're saying that we can't deny them anymore and yeah some of it's shocking uh but it's things have become very, very clear that weren't so clear before. And, you know, one of the things we can, we can see is, you know, how well people have cooperated, that people genuinely do want to look out for everybody. Hey, you know, stay inside, stay, I'd love to hug you, but you know, let's keep our distance because we don't want to spread this thing that we, we have this collective caring about each other uh, that the people are doing Mm -hmm. regardless of whether, you know, the, powers that be or the government or China or the virus or this or that, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. regardless of that, the point is it's what people are doing. There's a genuine sense of, you know, some sacrifice um, and some, you know, following of the rules for the collective good. Um, mm-hmm. And then, then you say, okay, well, geez, well, nothing really happens in government. And this is the old normal and spent all this money and all these programs and they do a study on homeless and where they could relocate them and then there was a bond issue and then there was a tax levied mm-hmm. uh, and then funds were raised and yeah you know, and, then, and, and then you know 20 years later it's worse than it was and then guess what happens coronavirus comes along and you see oh maybe this isn't a good thing having all these homeless people living on the street because mm-hmm. of you know collective health reasons and all of a sudden there's there's 500 campers parked on you know the state beach um, down, you know, at the South, uh, South Bay. And, and there's, you know, there's facilities opening up and there's a whole bunch of money. And it's like, mm. th- that happened, no, that happened instantly. That happened in days, not weeks or months. And it wasn't a lot of haggling. It was, it was done. Yeah. It was like, yeah. oh my gosh. So things can, it's proven that things can happen very, very quickly. Large, you know, forces can come together to do a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, why weren't we doing this before? You mean we could have done that all along? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and yes, I know extreme measures, you know, call for, for extreme things, but some of these aren't that extreme and they're actually pretty good, you know? Sure, sure. You know, and it might, I, I, think, I think you're right about that. And then taking that even further, we have to ask ourselves, why are there so many homeless people? And why don't yeah. we care about that situation until we're worried about our own health? Because we're not worried about them. We're worried about right. them giving us the, disease, the, the virus. 
Let's, let's be honest yeah, with ourselves. Yeah. I mean, oh, no, that's exactly so, what it is. Well, the collective. The collective. Sure. I'm not saying. But, but it, it's, it's not, but there's no, not some big you yeah, know, I, wave of compassion sort of came that's out. That's my point. It's like it's. But it, the power to do it. But the power it to do there. it is there. And, the, you know, and then to take. And it, that's hopeful. It is. Even it if is. it hasn't been done before or it wasn't, you know, sure. allocated. At least, wow! You know, it's proof of concept. No, for sure, I completely crap, agree. It can happen. Exactly. And but let's it, not have a giant crisis for us to make some things happen. For sure, for sure. And but it, yeah. it, it does. It opens up the door, doesn't it? It's like, okay, look what we did here in this particular situation. And although you know, maybe it was for you know the general health, it was you know we still were able to accomplish it. Now let's take that a step further and say, hey, you know, maybe we really need to really start thinking about why you know, what's going on here societally that, you know, and socially that we have so many people living on the streets and come come at that from a perspective of compassion instead of, you know, just health concerns and fears about the general population that's not homeless. Well, it's our spiritual health. But our spiritual it's health, escape. yeah. And, and if we do this, even if physically there's no disease, yeah. spiritually, it, it, this isn't how we take care of our people and yeah. the vulnerable and the exactly. forgotten and, and that's where I think we're, we we got to, you know, with this particular time timing, it's like we start looking at things that are important to to us and, and we have to really examine, you know, what's what's the, what what's worth fighting for? What's something? What are things that need to change? What are things that need to transform completely? You know, and then you kind of start having to look at society in general and saying to yourself, like, I mean, this is always a tough question. It's like. First of all, the you know the U.S. is in a is in a very privileged position most of the time because of our economic wealth and because of the the military influence that we wield throughout the world. And so, you know, we do have advantages that other other countries don't have. And so, you know, unfortunately, that's led us to be wasteful, and it's led us to you know consume way more energy than we need, and it's led us to a lot of you know sort of negative things and we're all part of that you know we're all part of that collective and when you kind of start looking at that and you think okay look you know there's there's a there's a world that's more crowded than ever you know there's more more population than ever before a smaller world than ever before and we see that with something like this virus it brings that home how connected everyone is and then i think what happens is people have to say to themselves well look i mean part of this is 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 because we are so interconnected and then you have two responses to that you can say well you know we need to shut the borders down and go back to a more nationalistic kind of way of living where you know we're more closed off and there's less trade and this and that less travel um or you you know you start to think well maybe there's a more of a happy medium where we you know we start maybe we don't need to travel as much as as we do Maybe we don't need to be running around all over the place and things like that. Maybe we need to be kind of working more locally and things like that. And also, you know, we talked about this before, but, you know, sourcing products in countries that have super cheap labor comes at a cost. And, you know, we, we don't think about that a lot of times. The fact that you can buy something at Walmart so cheaply, it, it has a price attached to it. It's a karmic cost. And that the fact is, is that oftentimes, I'm trying to be, you know, a pessimist or negative here, but that that stuff comes with a karmic cost and it's, you know, a lot of times those, those things are, are manufactured under really miserable conditions and they are akin to a type of slave labor and people don't take that into consideration sometimes. Well, it's just, it's just cheap and I'm, I'm going to throw it away anyway. So who cares? 
You know, it's just some plastic junk. We, we can't do that anymore. See, that was part of the normal before. The part of the normal was all these, you know, plastic bags at the grocery store and, you know, leaving my car running in the driveway for two hours because I want to listen to the radio or, you know, just stupid, wasteful things that we do. Leaving the all the lights in the house on all day and all night when I'm not home and things like that. And you see, you know, you see these kinds of things. It's, it's just wasteful. It's things our grandparents and our great grandparents wouldn't ever do because they grew up in times of privation. They grew up in times where things were, there were, you know, scarcities of things and they understood that. And that's one, this is one of these times where it's, you know, people have to remember, you know, when you go to the store and you see empty shelves, it reminds you, oh yeah, there's not a, there's not an endless supply of all this stuff. There's not a toilet paper tree on every single corner. I can just go pluck toilet paper from, you know? So, you know, there's a whole system at work and it's a delicate system and, you know, it's overburdened and, you know, we need to recognize that, you know, many, many people live beyond their means. They're living on credit cards. They can't afford the lifestyles they have and so forth. And, you know, these commercials and companies encourage that kind of a, a lifestyle. It's fine. Every eight years, we'll just all go bankrupt and we'll just start over. It'll all be fine. It's this boom bust mentality people have. You know, and sometimes you're forced into those kinds of situations beyond your control. You know, there's emergency situations. You got to run up your credit cards. There's no choice. I get it. I'm not I'm not going for that. I've had to do that before. I'm sure you've had to do that before, you know, but sure. it's, you know, if we we're starting in a more self-sufficient and balanced way, in a more responsible way, we wouldn't find ourselves having as many of these booms and busts. Our systems would be healthier. We'd fight off diseases better. And, you know, frankly, everyone would be healthier. When you, when you think about, I think, stop thinking about fighting everything and instead start thinking about building from within a sustainable health and a sustainable society. You know, that's a, that's a different way of looking at things than instead of running around trying to put out fires. It's like, well, I'm going to stop and I'm going to, you know, stop starting fires. You know what I mean? And and then it becomes yeah. this, this a different way of living. And, you know, the challenge with that is that sometimes, you know, in, in the midst of that, we're going to have to give up some of those things that we kind of cherish. For Partially, you said, because I think what's going to happen, and, and this is just my prediction, what you're going to see is a mix, very high tech type of living with a more sort of low tech and you know, organic way of, of being in, in, in a localized sort of way. So, you know, we'll use these tech tools to, to, to live. You know, it's like, okay, how, how are you going to do that? The technology is so complicated and everything. But what I think is, you know, it's better to do things in a sustainable way and let the earth do things the most efficient way that it can. We'll do that. And then where we can get involved with things and use electronics and use this digital, uh, you know, media that we've in the platforms and tools and so on, you know, to make things more efficient, then we'll, we'll do that. You know, but right now, I think we're applying this technology kind of in a heavy handed way. You know, we're using too many chemicals, using too much digital and using too much, you know, we're getting away from the core of what it means to be a human being in a lot of ways, you know, 
And I think that's one of the, right? Well, we have, I think we've, uh, you know, we've, you know, and this, again, no, not anti-technology. It's, it's, I'm very, very pro-tech. And I think it's, it's evolving and it can, it can really be a great servant for ourselves and, and this planet uh, when, you know, when developed and used properly. Uh, but yeah, this whole moving away from the farm, uh, moving away from, you know, family and small local uh, yep. businesses, community-based things. Oh, and this, this took years and, you know, over the decades and, and, and face it, you know, we, we are always going to have an urban or an industrial uh, sector. I mean, not everyone's going to go out and live on, you know, 40 acres, um, you know, so, and that's another part of society that needs to, uh, you know, to grow with this tech tech revolution but the introduction of technology has um been just you know if you want to say maybe just what in the last 200 years um early 1800s you know for industrial revolution for just sure you sure. know ease of ease of numbers uh that was built on thousands of years uh or at least you know, a couple thousand years of things really not being mm. that much different over yeah. that 2000 year span last 200 years things yeah. have dramatically changed and some of them were built upon the old tech. So you would have, um, instead of a mule pulling uh, a plow, mm. you'd have a steam engine or then a diesel engine yeah. or something and a tractor. Um, you know, the car, like, oh, we drive a car. Well, that just, mm. that was the word for carriage, which was usually drawn by a horse or even a, you know, a carriage car in a, uh, in a train. Um, and even, you know, things like trains seem, you know, antiquated at this point, as far as, you know, people travel, it's still great for, for goods, but then you know, digital tech, uh, you know, was built then on top of that. And even the chemicals, yes, most put mm -hmm. into food and food production, food preservation. And it has, I think turned into like this Frankenstein yeah. monster that doesn't know yeah. what it is. It's not really, it's out of touch with the old, so it's lost its footing uh, but then this new was kind of mm -hmm. built upon the old and that's not really a firm fitting or footing, I guess, for the, the new way. So one, one great hope out of this, you know, current uh, virus crisis is that we get a reset, an economic reset, uh, but also maybe a reset in the way, well, I mean, it has to be a reset in the way of thinking. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be the new normal is, is what's yeah. the new, new consciousness that evolved and uh, by necessity yeah. and by design out of this that we can help create a new paradigm. And let's start from the faculty. What, what is education? Well, we're trying to bring in computers into the schools and you know, then connect them with the internet. And it's like, well now, okay, we mm -hmm. already have the internet. We already have computers. Now how can, now yeah. what does education look like? Not trying to build that into an older system before those things came up. Uh, you know, manufacturing and uh, working, telecommuting and things. And you can start businesses mm -hmm. now with that in mind or reboot existing businesses instead of trying to yeah. tack this on. I think it's going to be more part of the firmware, the, the paradigm structure is this new way. And like you're saying, I, I fully believe that will actually free us up but, uh, to have spend more yeah. time, you know, with our children at home, with our garden in the backyard, yeah. with the parks, like you're saying, uh, it could really do a, yeah, yeah. You know, be a great yeah. uh, new way of thinking and a new way of looking at life, not the separation and then everyone's freaked out no, about a virus. No. That's and, and trying normal. to distance yourself from everybody and being afraid that everyone is carrying germs that are going to kill you and all that. I mean, if you get into that mindset, you might as well just 
pitch pitch it in, just give up because you know that that's that's heading down a really slippery slope. So you know you got to keep your mind right and keep your keep yourself focused on on the positive and and you know and realize that you know part of um, you know maintaining your health and we talked about this before. Part of maintaining your health is keeping a positive attitude and you know and not thinking thinking sick thoughts and negative thoughts and worry thoughts. Yeah. You know, as we've said a million times, you know, do your stuff, wash your hands, whatever they're telling you, do that and all that, but don't carry around the fear and do something, you know, when you do that hand washing ritual, for example, maybe say something like, you know, the a universal light surrounds and protects me or something, or do some little ritual in your mind where, you know, where you're saying, you know, something that reinforces you know the mentality of health the the spiritual belief in health while you're doing something physical because that's really powerful that's part of that ritual that we were we were talking about in uh, in uh, one of our previous podcasts so the um the uh the thing that's i think really important to to think about also is is you know, during these times when you're sitting around at home and you have a lot of time on your hands, start, you know, maybe journaling or, or writing or even just writing some things down and making some new goals or maybe just, you know, writing down lists of things, whatever you do, or painting pictures or, you know, sculpting something, however you want to interact with, with your, your thoughts. But try to maybe fix your thoughts into a form so you can look at them later and start thinking about really what's important to you. You know, because what we say is important to us and what's actually important to us are oftentimes two different things. Because you'll ask someone, well, you know, what do you want? And most people will say more money. And you, you, and then you go, well, why? And they'll say something like, well, because I'd be happier or I'd get to do this or I'd get to do that. And then you've got to really think about it and you've got to ask yourself, is, is the money the real issue here or is there, is there happiness involved or is there some sort of freedom that that money, you know, you perceive is going to give you a certain kind of freedom that you think you don't have right now? You know, and those are important ask, you know, questions to ask yourself and to look at really what's important. And you might find that, you know, and I think what people are going to find is that most of us don't need as much as we have and we don't use well what we already have anyway so you know we're just hoarding a bunch of crap and trying to pay for places that are too big for us to begin with and you know trying to maintain a lifestyle we've got to have oh i gotta have three cars i've got to have four tvs and i've got to have this that and the other thing and you realize like you're working just to to maintain the debt for a bunch of crap that doesn't even make you happy do you, do you know what I mean? And, and that's, a, that's yeah. you know, it's problematic. Yeah. And the thing that people have to remember is capitalism is, is a great system. It's given us great lives. I'm not, I'm not knocking it in any way when I say this, but the idea that, you, that, that there's constant growth and constant, um, constant profitability and runaway growth it's not sustainable and it's not a real idea. Nature does not work that way. Life does not work that way. And the fact that, that, you know, capitalism's formed that paradigm for itself and found that that worked so elegantly and well for so long was because, 
there were un in people's minds resources back in the 1700s and basically the late 1700s and early 1800s is the you know the the formative period of capitalism and you know you've you got to remember that there were always there was always somewhere else to go and more stuff to chop down at that time there was an you know there was, oh, you can move west, go keep going west, go to these islands, go here, go there. And, you know, people had this idea that there's a constant supply, a never-ending supply of things. And the reality, and, and that's sort of built into the, the sort of structure of capitalism, constant growth and more and more profitability. And there is, you know, there's a finite world and there's a ton of people in that finite world that didn't exist at the time when those those capitalist principles were formulated. The population in the the late 1700s, mid 1700s, you know, when, when modern capitalism really got going and then modern democratic capitalism as we know it today, um, you know, I, I don't even know, to be off, uh, to be uh, uh, you know honest with you, I don't know what the population was. What do you know? Do you have any idea what the population was of the earth at that time? It was well, it was much less than a billion, right? I would think so, because it was only like 2.2 billion there, there um, in the early 1900s. And we're, we're okay. So it was, I'm sure, less than half of that. Yeah. So you have to think about that. Yeah. The earth is not unlimited. It has a finite capacity. And so you have to sort of work with it. it doesn't mean that you need to be limited in your thinking it needs that you, you it means that you need to be sustainable in your outlook you know so you can have these unlimited dreams and possibilities and you can want to make money and want to be you know have profitable businesses and so on and do things i'm not saying like oh you know oh we've all got to be you know desperately poor and you know and and miserable that's not my point what we've got to do is re re redefine what it is that's important to us and then think about how much we actually do need and how much we consume and really kind of bring those things in line with each other so that it's equitable and fair for, for everyone. And not just everyone in the United States, but everyone in the world, because the United States affects everyone. You know, that's the reality of it. The United States, China and India affect everyone and mostly us. You know, although China is becoming increasingly powerful and you could probably argue that in some ways they're becoming even, you know, more strategic and more powerful, especially in Asia, um, you know, than we are. And we're starting to actually, I think, realize that we need to kind of work on our own issues here at home and stop, you know, mucking about all over the world and kind of like get our own house in order. And we need to do that. You know, we need to do that. And I think, you know, Americans are generous, well-meaning you know, genius, creative, you know, extroverted, wanting to help kinds of people. I mean, we have a lot of a lot of amazing qualities. I mean, I applaud us. You know, we're, we give the most money in the world and so on. And, you know, we're, we're, we try to help out, you know, but at the same time, we also have to own our shadow elements. And so, you know, these things come you know, you have to look at these things when you're in a situation where the where this where you start to see the cracks forming, um, you know, so quickly in a situation that really shouldn't be that big of a deal. I'm not saying that like it's it's not something we need to be concerned with, and I'm not saying we shouldn't be at home, but it shouldn't shut the whole economy down and make everyone fearful that the apocalypse is coming because we have to stay home for a month. That's that's frightening. 
you know, and that's what I think people are frightened by. They're like, if this is, you know, if that's the situation, then maybe we need to really take a look at the structure of this whole thing. And it's not anything to be frightened of. I'm not saying that to be an alarmist. I'm saying that to be a realist. It's like, look at what's going on and think about how you're participating and how you want to participate in the future. And, you know, think about how you yourself as a, as an individual and your family can be, you know, more of a part of the solution and less a part of the problem. I mean, that's what, you know, that's, that's an old school idea, right? That's from the sixties. Be part of the solution, not part of the problem. You know, a lot of those ideas, we were talking about this before the show, like a lot of the ideas that, you know, were around in the sixties and seventies are are having a, a comeback. You know, you see, these ideas of intentional communities and, you know, com- communal living and so on coming together where people are, are getting together and, you know, buying a plot of land or buying a home together as a community and then creating rules and organizations and working together and maybe creating a local currency. And then they've got organic gardens and, you know, they swap things out. Maybe this person's really good at teaching kids. So they, you know, they run the little school and, this person's really good at fixing, you know, fixing the vehicles or fixing the tractors and stuff. And, you know, they become the handyman, whatever. I mean, you've got this whole system where, you know, it kind of organically starts to unfold and people do things in a different way. And, you know, it's, there's, there's something to that. I think people are really missing that, that idea of family and community. And you touched on that a little bit earlier. You want to talk more about that? I mean, is that something that, that, that you've thought about or seen like, you know, in your experience or, you know, you've kind of been watching in the neighborhoods and stuff and seeing, seeing people kind of hunkering down and getting back to, back to basics in a lot of ways, right? Well, I'm in Southern California, so it's, you know, the weather's generally nice. It's raining now, but that was beautiful earlier today. I went out, I went to, uh, I went to the hardware store to get, uh, to get a weed whacker of all things, I guess probably that's important during the <laughs> lockdown. Just, it made your day, and that's the important. <laughs> made thing. my day anyway, you know. Listen, well, we need a weed whacker. You know, I, I needed yeah. some some weeds trimmed. You know, and it was, you know, and, but you know what? Yeah. There's something really to that because that was within my control. And thank goodness that mm-hmm. uh, hardware stores and things like that are open. Uh, I went to the Home Depot webpage, and the very first you know the front page was like how to fix things up around your yeah, house yeah, you know, free no, tutorials sure. how to you know like people they're yeah, hunkered down so i think people fantastic. are actually going to work on their houses which is a great metaphor for working on yourself working on your family but uh just just a thing about being out in the public because it was one of the few stores open everyone's kind of keeping their distance uh but you know what in a strange way mm-hmm. i felt more connected to the people there was like a real presence yes they're like <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. coughing you got a mask, sure. uh, you know, so I keep my, is this six feet? You know, so there's no, a, no. just a mild amount of, not suspicion, but yeah, you know, am I, I think it's like, am I doing this right? Am I distancing properly? I don't want to be too close to you. You know, yeah, it's, sure. I think there's a little bit of consciousness, but you know what? Mm, I, you know, this is hours ago. I remember everybody's face. You know, yeah. I see a thousand people a day and I don't remember any of them, but you know, this was like, there was eye yeah. contact and, you know, yeah. even though spatially there was a distance, I think as far as a presence and a human connectivity, which spans distance, um, w- w- was deeper and stronger. It wasn't robotic yeah. and routine. It was, oh, hi, well, how are you? And there was a guy and his son selling, you know, hot dogs in the parking lot. And I'm like, yeah. I'm sure it wasn't regulated or approved or, you know, whatever. But you know, I, I just got one anyway. And there was people standing yep. around getting hot dogs here. It was like... Yeah. 
No, they exactly. normally don't do that. <laughs> so I think there's a hunger for the socialism. Uh, people um, are taking, you know, taking walks in the neighborhood. A lot of nice. lawn chairs nice. on front lawns or in their driveway. I saw so yeah. much of that. Or people sitting on their porches. It's They're outside. They yeah, can at least exactly. see people come by or wave to somebody. And um, just mm-hmm, a pause. Mm-hmm. Things don't have to be so rushed. I think it is wel- welcoming for a lot so of too. people at this time and you know and families don't really get to you know really get to be together we may find things out about people that live under our own roof that we didn't exactly didn't know before and uh real sense of cooperation now there's a danger um and and it's always you know can be in close quarters Mm -hmm. sometimes Mm -hmm. little things can become big things um under stress like you know the weed whacker today i was i was kind of under stress earlier it was i was getting a little edgy in tone mm-hmm. and <laughs> sharpness of tongue uh, because i was having some trouble with you know doing then this everything i tried didn't work it was diminishing returns and i was like hallelujah i can i can buy a thing and and take care of that so yeah yeah not everything is a disaster <laughs> you know there may be very frustrating little things but if we can look at the little things yeah as exactly little things and knock them out one by one uh, i think I there's think so much solution that, based exactly and that's the important thing yeah, to remember especially when you feel overwhelmed you know and you start thinking about oh is this going to happen is that going to happen what about my job and what about this and you know all of these bailouts and whatever all these different things that take one day at a time and take one thing at a time and don't get overwhelmed. And again, I say, as I keep saying throughout all this, don't watch too much of the news and don't spend too much time on social media because you will just drive yourself crazy with all the wacky theories and just allow things to unfold. Keep informed as on a need to know basis, you know, check in every once in a while. But don't sit there for hours and hours and hours listening to the same message told in 50 different ways by 50 different theorists, because nobody knows anything right now. And, you know, we just are muddling through. And, you know, the more people that are fearful and anxious, you know, the more miserable of a situation we're going to create for ourselves and the more panic we're going to create down the road and so on. So just take things a day at a time you know one day at a time like they say in the program and you know just focus on the good things that are around you for the moment you know appreciate that meal if you've got a nice meal appreciate that that you know warm place to stay um and and all these you know these these blessings that are around you if 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 you have your family around you your friends around you you know in in your in your uh, quarantine state or wherever you are you know these are all these are all blessings uh, the fact that you can still, you know, get outside and, you know, breathe air and get some sun and, you know, go to the park or whatever, you know, you can do any of these, these little things, you know, get some exercise and, you know, spend some time meditating and so on. And all these things are blessings and, you know, focus more on the, on the now and less on the, on the, on the future in a sense. I mean, do start thinking ahead of where you, you want to be and, you know, are there lessons that you need to learn from this, you know, as an individual and are, are there lessons that we need to learn from this situation as, as a group. And I would argue that they, that there are, you know, and, and I think one of the things we can do is, is, is start thinking about, you know, we should have been doing this a long time ago, but we should be shifting over to a more sustainable type of economy. You know, I don't want to get in my green high horse, but 
you know, we keep pushing, putting this off and putting this off and putting this off. And, you know, there's so many countries out there that take the environment so much more seriously than we do, you know, and I think that it's, it's just, it's irresponsible as, as we are a leader, you know, and we're going to, I think, lose our leadership ability and kind of position um, if we don't respond honestly to things anymore. You know, we're acting like we're above the rules that we're trying, you know, we're trying to tell, oh, you know, you need to be more responsible. You need to do this. You need to do that. And then we don't we don't do those things. We want everyone else to do the stuff. We want everyone else not to cut the rainforest down. We want that. You know, we want everybody else to not pollute the oceans. And it's like, yes, we do do a lot of those things. And I'm, I'm not saying we don't, um, you know, we don't have regulations here and we haven't cleaned up a lot of our act because we have. And that's great. But now we got to take it to the next level. And this is one of those opportunities. And, you know, we've, you know, we, you and I have talked about this privately and personally before and probably even on the show. I don't know. But this is one of those times where like one of these ideas, like a green revolution type thing or a infrastructure type thing or a combination of that, you know, you could put people to work on a massive scale to transition into a whole new way of, of doing things, you know, that would involve both a national kind of plan and then, you know, localized versions of that plan and so on you know, to where we're moving into alternative energy and, you know, we're moving into organic farming and maybe there's some kind of program for, for young people that, you know, maybe can lease land or get a piece of land on a foreclosed farm or something, or, you know, on some, maybe some government land that's not being used temporarily, you know, you can set up out there and start doing some organic, I don't know, you know, I'm just spitballing off the top of my head, but I'm saying there's new and creative ways we can do things. And, you know, now is an opportune time to start looking at those things, in, both in, in our personal lives, but then also in our, you know, in our political lives and social lives, like in a, you know, a larger picture kind of thing, right? So I think, um, I think that's something to, to chew on a little bit. You have anything to add to that? Uh, definitely. That's, uh, you know, it's such a great opportunity to reevaluate, you know, who we are, what, what do we value? Um, a lot of nonviolent offenders are being let out of prison. Well, did we need that many people in prison to begin with? Um, there's people cut off from elderly uh, relatives because they're locked down in a nursing home somewhere. And you know, I'm glad those facilities are there, but yeah. is there another way we can be taking exactly. care of uh, our family members? That's more efficient, um, you know, manufacturing being, you know, really dominated by in another country, you know, of essential supplies. Uh, is there any reason why we can't have those here? And look at what's happening with, you know, what are right now in this present moment, what are essential jobs and it's truckers and it's grocery mm -hmm. store clerks and it's a warehouse people. And it's, you know, yes, there's doctors and, and you know, the whole entire uh, yeah. healthcare, but it's transportation sure. and it's, you know, for the most part, it's all yeah. those blue collar yeah. jobs, what we used to call the middle class. Um, I really, you know, the hardware stores and the, you know, it's, um, so it's really kind of interesting. Maybe, maybe some of the stuff we valued so much by spending our time and our money and our worry and our concern and, uh, yeah. you know, and some celebrity culture and, you know, the important, the, you know, it's not that you can't have those things, but maybe the, the degree to which mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. really focused our lives around those things. 
or neglected some other things in our lives because you know we're divided or too worried sure. about what or, somebody or, said in the yeah, media exactly. or something or like we're that. getting too caught up you know in that uh, trying to get you know someone else to to solve the problem for us oh if we just elect this person or that person or if oh this or that plan comes into effect then everything's going to be great and it's like those things are helpful don't get me wrong and those things are important to follow and and to try to you know create change on a macro level but really the huge changes and the sustained changes and the transformational type changes start on a personal level and grow themselves outward in a grassroots kind of way you know and that's how the things in the 60s began to change and yes there was institutional support as time went on but i mean you know things started on a at a grassroots level they started at home you know, I began to change the way I look at things. And then this guy next door began to think about things in a different way. And then we got together and started an action group and did this and that. And, or we started a food bank and did, you know, and this is where it's like, that's the power you have, you know, that we sometimes forget. Start at home, get your own house in order, Mm -hmm. you know, be more responsible with the way that you're living and be more sustainable in the way that you're living, both, you know, ecologically and economically, you know, and, and then start to think about different ways of doing things. You know, if you, if you, like, as an example, just like I said, we, we, we talked a little bit about these, these, some of these, these co-op ideas and, you know, intentional communities and things like that. I mean, get together with your friends, uh, get together with your family. If, you know, if you've always dreamed of, you know, having a piece of land or something and think about a way that you could do that with the people that you know, with your, you know, with your close, close friends and family, like I said, or, you know, even people that are friends of friends that have that idea and so on and get together and start thinking about, you know, once we're able to do that again or do something online, but, you know, start brainstorming new ways of doing things. Um, and it, it, the thing is, it's like, you don't even have to reinvent the wheel. There's a ton of information on the internet and books and, you know, documentary movies and stuff about how people have successfully done these. And one, you know, one good idea that I'll give that's off, off the top of my head is the intentional communities website. I think it's IC.org, but if you just look up intentional communities, I think it's the first thing that comes up and you can see just thousands of these, these little beautiful communities that have formulated um, an idea and then built this wonderful little society for themselves, you know, in varying degrees. Some of them have, you know, 400 people. Some of them have, you know, 10 people. Um, you know, there's, there's different ways to set these things up. But this is, you know, this is a way where you can begin to take the power back and say to yourself, okay, you know, I want to live in a different way. I don't want to shut myself off from the world, but I know there's other people that want to live in a similar way as I do. Let's, start something new and let's live that way. Let's kind of, you know, let's kind of pull ourselves out of this, this rat race. Let's pull ourselves out of this normal way of doing things or the new normal. And let's create a new, new normal, you know, that goes beyond the old normal and goes beyond this crazy quote unquote new normal that we think we're living in now and create something that's completely new, you know, that uses technology in a, in a sane and positive way where it doesn't run our lives, but we run it. And also we do the things that are low tech that, you know, that are, you know, get back to basics with it, you know, grow things, make things, build things, use your hands again, learn skills, learn trades, paint pictures, you know, be of, be of a value, create something, 
you know what I mean? And, and, and don't just, you know, kind of live on the society that, you know, is trying to get you to sort of buy into this sort of consumerist matrix, for lack of a better word, that is not satisfying to most people and is not enjoyable for most people. And it's not sustainable for anyone because and it's, it's not sustainable us. for anybody. And it's just that simple. The way that we live is killing us and the rest of the planet. And you can see that when you see little cracks in the, in the system that form when something happens. It's that simple. And they're there all the time. You just don't see them because you've got your blinders on because you're running to the Walmart and running here and running there and running to work and running all around. And you don't have time to see it and you don't want to see it. But it's like all of a sudden now you're you're forced in on yourself and you're sitting at home and you're like, I don't really like my life. You know, I don't really like what I'm doing. I don't really like the way that I'm living. And then you got to say, OK, it's time to change. It's time for transformation. It's time to do something in a completely different way. And what better time than in the middle of some craziness? There's not going to be a better time because, believe me, when things are going fine, you'll just you know, settle back into the rat race and, you know, get busy again and get one more credit card and, you know, re more, you know, refinance the house to get a little extra debt to pay this off and pay that off. And it's the same freaking thing over and over again, unless you break out of it. You know what I mean? And so. Well, I do. And this is an incredible opportunity. I think yeah. we should all seize it. Uh, in the right way and I like what you're saying about the personal power this can be a very empowering period of time and yes we're powerless against the government if they you know close everything down have curfews and martial law or whatever I mean then you know don't worry about that Um, you know what what you can things you can do involve you yourself your family your house you're saying get your house in order well Yes, that's getting a weed whacker and fixing the front door and yeah. doing all these things. Um, but it's also fixing yourself and your family and shoring up. Uh, you know, I've, I've gotten some preparedness stuff. I'm not a prepper, but, you know, I make sure there's a, a couple extra mm-hmm. flashlights and there's some there's a radio and there's just, you know, stuff you probably should have anyway or sure, definitely should have sure. anyway when you're an earthquake country. And, you know, and those things can be you know, in a period of such great uncertainty the more that you can seize yourself, uh, that is empowering. That is powerful. And yeah. it's very certain. I, I made a certain decision today to get a new tool that, you know, that mm-hmm. made me more empowered and more in control over yeah. a situation that, you know, I was having, I was struggling with. That's a great, great analogy. Um, I think that we can take from this is, you know, what can we do personally to make the changes and the transformations in our lives that are going to ripple outward and, you know, make more uh, transformation out in the, in the, you know, the greater social structure and in the world, you know, yes, get involved politically. Yes. You know, do the things you can in the community to help others and so on. But like, you know, we said, and, you know, metaphor, both metaphorically and, you know, actually physically, you know, get your own house in order, make sure that you've, you know, you've got some, some staples at home and, you know, keep, keep, uh, you know, start doing, doing more to be prepared for, for just life in general, you know, not a doomsday scenario, but just, you know, what if something happens for a week or two, you know, I want to be prepared for those things. I should have a first aid kit around the house and I don't, I should know a little bit about, 
you know, those kinds of things. And again, like I said, to be, to start being more proactive and being more sustainable in our own lives, baking some stuff, growing some stuff, if you've got the space to do that, you know, making choice, better choices about your diet and your food that you're buying and, you know, choosing organic or, you know, CSA farm type foods, you know, get in one of these, you know, once this stuff gets up and running again, you know, get, get into one of these programs where you, you order your vegetables or go pick up your vegetables out at one of these local farms and start supporting local stuff. And if we can create a structure that's more localized and rely less on, you know, international imports and some, you know, and cheap labor abroad and so on, because we don't want to do certain things ourselves, you know, the more equitable we're going to, we're going to live, we're going to live in a better way if we can be more self-reliant. I mean, and that's really what, you know, if you look back to the early days of this country and the founding fathers and so on, it's, you know, that was that's that was the early American ideal was to be self-sufficient. And, they, they, you know, they were farmers and entrepreneurs and scientists and poets and writers and politicians. And, you know, people were way more eloquent and self-sufficient. Yes, there were, you know, problems and disparities and, you know, in early America. I'm not I'm not glossing over that, but the ideals and the fundamentals uh, of what it meant to be, you know, an American, it's, it's fundamentally sound. Yes, there has been unjust things that have occurred and so on. We have to acknowledge that. And yes, we have to try to redress those things. But at the same time, look at what made, you know, our great, great grandparents and great grandparents want to come here. And, you know, and think about the people that, you know, that, that live here and, you know, and, and scratched out a living and, you know, survived and prospered and thrived in, in very difficult situations, you know? So we, we've inherited a, a, a fantastic and at the same time, very problematic system. So, you know, we've got to, we've got to bring it into the 21st century. And I think that's what we're, we're trying to do now. And I think, you know, this is one of those times where there's opportunity to make personal transformation which will be far-reaching and will help society in a, in a bigger way. So just kind of think about those things. And like I said, you know, check out some of these alternative ways of doing things. I mean, look up some, you know, some videos on permaculture and organic farming and urban farming, if you've got a, you know, house and, and so on, or look at, you know, these intentional communities and alternative ways of doing things and some local, local currencies and some of these things that are being used and have been used since the sixties effectively in a lot of communities, you know, and they've got great qualities of life. If you look at some of these communities, watch some of the documentaries on them, and you will be amazed at how happy the people are that live in these places. You know, it's not a life of privation, even though there's less material goods, less money, and so on. They're, they're some of the wealthiest people you can imagine in terms of quality of life. So... Anyway, that's my two cents on it. And I hope everyone is, is healthy and happy and, you know, using this time to their advantage. Right. And don't let the fear swamp you. We will get through this. Be a lion. Be a lion. You know, and watch positive movies, comedies, so on. You know, read your mythology. Get back to spirituality. You know, read the Bible. Read the, read the Gita. Read the Dhammapada. You know, get, get, get connected to uh, your spiritual source again, right? Do you have any parting words? Are you able to talk again? You had a little bit of coughing earlier. You good, you're good now? You're back? All right. Yeah, you yeah, know, I'm fine. Uh, sure, all okay, good. good. And, uh, you yeah, know, techni uh, technically all good. 
So, um, yeah, you know, the simpler way and, and go easy on yourself and the people around you. If you're going to be cooped up um, in, in a way that maybe you haven't been before and, and cooped up, yeah. it's, it's maybe you're getting to spend more family time. Um, you know, just try to go on easy on yourself and each other. And it's a, uh, <clears throat> it's a learning process. And what will be the new normal um, in a large part depends Absolutely. on what we do. So don't, so don't get caught up in that, that new normal nonsense where everybody's trying right. to make you panic and have, be fearful of the future. Create your new new normal. Don't get stuck in this paradigm of this new normal where everyone's wearing masks and being lunatics and making you know funny memes about it. And all that stuff's fine. I understand it's good, but um, but just remember that your thinking does create your 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 feeling and that thinking and feeling create the situation that you're going to find yourself in down the road. So create a a mental state and a vision for your life that is different than this you know, that's healthy, that's productive, that's community oriented, that's family oriented and, you know, connected. And, you know, let's rebuild some of these things that have gotten kind of beat up by all this materialism and consumerism of the, of the, you know, the last 50 or 60 or 80 or hundred years or whatever it is, you know, let's, let's get back to basics and, uh, and rebuild something, something good, you know, something new, with, you know, with the new things we've learned and all the great stuff that we've learned from, you know, civil rights and from gay rights and women's rights and all this stuff. Let's carry all that stuff into the, into the future and, and forward. But let's get back to some of the more community oriented stuff and you know, taking care of ourselves again and taking care of our neighbors and maybe bringing those family members home and being responsible for the people that, you know, we're related to instead of shoving them off in a nursing home or, you know, I understand sometimes we have to do that, but most of the time, you know, we're, we just, we don't want to deal with things. So let's get back to dealing with things again. You know, the, the sort of shadow side of life and, you know, kind of, kind of bring that back into our domain and into our realm. And you will find that you live a healthier and happier life because you're acknowledging those things, you know, illness and death and, and, and so on are all are part of life. It's built into the very fabric and structure of it. They're not to be feared and, you know, that, you know, nobody's looking forward to sickness or death, but, you know, to fear it and to be anxious about it and to pretend like it doesn't exist is not a healthy thing. So, you know, get, get right with your spiritual self and understand that there's an eternal part of yourself that will never die. It will never get sick. It will never get touched. You know, water will not wet it. Fire will not burn it. As it says in the Bhagavad Gita, that's the eternal part of yourself. And that's connected to the universal source. So keep that in mind. All right, everyone, stay out there, stay stay, uh, stay healthy out there, I should say. Uh, thank you, Chris. Appreciate your, your stuff, and I hope you're, you guys are doing well out there. Um, and uh, have a great week. Thank you for supporting us. Uh, check us out okay. at anchor.fm slash Cosmic Eye. Uh, we'll see you again next week on Sunday. I am your host, Jason Napolitano. Thank you again, Chris, and goodbye, and God bless.